Six car blah boy, six car blah boy. Six car blah boy, six car blah boy. Yeah. 901, Shelby Drive, look alive, look alive. Nick up on this side, now they on the other side. Oh well, fuck them, dog. We gon' see how hard they ride. I get racks to go outside. And we are back with the break room, episode 11. Lead Charles Carter right in front of me, Will Doctor. And. Well, it feels good to be back in the room, man. I don't know if y'all you need to go check out the last episode. Uh, we'll interview two Major League Baseball players, two pitchers. Tell yeah. A little bit about it. John Doxakis and Christian Roa. We uh, we broke down some of the uh, the new MLB rule changes. We kind of talked a little bit about their journey, um, their partnership with with uh, with a great audio company. Uh, we had a good conversation. Uh, Charles is back with me. Um he, we will be doing interviews together, uh, upcoming. Uh, it could vary depending on the sport, uh, but we're back with you together. Uh, we have a very vast conversation today. A lot to get into. A man. lot, a lot to get into. Um, the majority of this conversation will be based around uh, Deshaun Watson, the pending allegations against him. We have, uh, you know, a long list of, of Texans moves that have that have been made by new GM uh, Nick Casario. We have some some new NBA injuries and some some lingering ones. Uh, LeBron and Lamelo just went on the DL. Uh, AD and Katie have been out for some time now. There's some questions starting to rise about them. Uh, and then lastly, of course, we have who's hot and who's not but Charles let's start with Deshaun Watson this entire thing has just been crazy like from when it even first came on the scene um, yeah we haven't talked about it yet we haven't even yeah we haven't even got to it so you about to get it all from us today okay we have 16 well before we even get into the legal matters like I guess the the certain the certain I guess the first surprise you get when you hear sexual assault charges against Deshaun Watson and it's almost, and I hate to almost to compare the two, but you know, it's almost like when people, uh, I guess, I, parents or grandparents, you know, people who watched, uh, I mean, I watched it too, but people who kind of grew up in that time of the show uh, uh, with Bill Cosby, when you found out that he was um, doing these things to this to these women and drugging them and things like that, it's just a shock, you know. So to hear this about Deshaun Watson, whom everybody, I feel like everybody liked it league wide. And you would never even really expect this from him, and so it's it's the first thing you get is immediate shock, and you don't want to believe it at all. But as the story progresses and it kind of unfolds even more, you get more stories from Tony Busby. Um, those those involved in the legal world know he's a high profile lawyer. So uh, with sixteen civil cases, and he says there will be twenty four women to come forward, and I guess not um, with more accusations. Yeah, and I think there's some immediate comparisons to draw to. Obviously, you brought up a good one in Cosby. Um, you know, I've heard some, as far as the shock that has come with it, of course, you have you have Tiger Woods. Um, you know, you have you have you have a couple other ones. That, you know, the major difference here is these Tiger are, Woods, Kobe, and yeah, Kobe, Kobe, uh, Kobe's a little more uh, on par just because the allegations are sexual assault. Uh, however, Deshaun's dealing with is going to be dealing with twenty four um, of these accusations, and uh, you know, a lot of similar similar accusations are starting to add up, um, and. And Rusty Harden, Deshaun's lawyer, has one job, and that's that's to make this all, um, you know, 
try to disappear, but that that's looking tough and more, uh, you know, tougher and tougher by the day. Obviously, uh, you know, we got a report today. So when we woke up this morning, the count was 14. Yeah. Uh, we got a report today that uh, there was, in fact, a masseuse uh, who contacted uh, Watson's marketing agent yeah. and himself saying that, uh, you know, they did have consensual sex but she wanted thirty thousand dollars to cover it up this is unconfirmed uh but uh you know, some, some pretty strong allegations and, uh, you know, listen, there's no evidence behind Well, there is evidence. There's a statement. There, yeah. There's statement. There's no confirmed evidence as of this point, uh, of, of any of the 16. There's no, uh, there's no criminal cases there's going no criminal on. Cases. There, there's some, some DMs there's, there's, uh, you know, we are going to take, uh, you know, the 16, uh, females word very seriously we have to believe them at this point uh, but that one uh, uh, K, you know that that one the one the first initial the instance yeah. uh, uh, of of the girl that tried to make a thirty thousand dollar deal uh, so you know w- what does this mean and really what it means rusty harden kind of pretty much i mean a, as close to as admitting it you know, Deshaun paid for sex. Um, you know, th- this was a this. These weren't just normal massages. Uh, these were paid for, obviously, in extraordinary amounts, um, and, and that is illegal. So we have to start there. Um, as far when we when we start to get into to the suspension time that Deshaun could be looking at. And so when we take it, well, I have the uh, the statement that was uh, said about it. It said in January of the report. It said in January of this year. Woman attempted to blackmail Deshaun Watson by demanding thirty thousand dollars in exchange for her indefinite silence about what she stated was consensual and was stated was a consensual encounter. And so, well, let, me, me, me and you, me and you were talking about this earlier. Yeah, and let, well, let me let me introduce the viewer to Deshaun's opening statement. Then I'll let you go on about okay, okay, that. So this ahead. is what Deshaun said straight off the bat, and then Charles is going to take it away. As this is what he said. When when uh, when the first uh, girl came out and said, uh, you know, Deshaun was guilty of this, Deshaun says on Twitter, as a result of a social media post by publicity sinking plaintiff lawyer Tony Busby, I recently became aware of a lawsuit that has been apparently filed against me. I have not yet seen the complaint, but I know this. I have never treated any woman with anything other than the utmost respect. The plaintiff lawyer's claims... The plaintiff lawyer claims that this isn't about money, but before filing suit, he made a baseless six-figure settlement, which I quickly rejected. Unlike him, this isn't about money for me. It's about clearing my name, and I look forward to doing so. And so taken with that statement, it's when you have nothing to hide, you, 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 you're unafraid, right? If, you've, if you know you've done nothing, then you, you, t- you typically are unafraid. And so uh, with that statement from Deshaun, before all the things came later on about uh, other people coming forward, you almost want to take him at his word and you almost want to chop it up as, you know, she's just another uh, woman out there just trying to money grab and et cetera, et cetera, right? But as the, the I want to say the cases piled up, the civil cases, and also more women came forth and um, 
there's power in numbers, man. There's 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 so much power in numbers, and it's so. Um, we were talking earlier to um, what I think it was Evan earlier and saying, "Do you think he's over twenty two? Because until we find out, there's going to be twenty four of them. Um, and it's as much as you want to just go just off what you know him to be and what we've seen so far, and and you don't want to compare him to. Bill or Kobe or uh, not saying that I I can't it's such a slippery slope because people know differently but there's really we we don't have a comparison to this we don't have a comparison in our lifetime um, it's it's just a difficult it's it's, it's confusing because this is what I initially thought I initially thought when I heard this that it sounds like and I forgot exactly what the, what the other report said. It said that because uh, it went into detail in some other reports. It said that she um, came by to give him a massage, and uh, he told she told him he told him different areas to massage, like his groin and things like that. And then she asked her, well, he asked her to uh, what? I think it. I think it turned into oral sex. It turned into oral sex, um, and then that that kind of went through, and I'm, then the report was that she. Like she, she passed out and, and shit herself. Yeah, um, and then she said like she and, was afraid, or she was afraid to give oral sex, but then proceeded to give consensual, uh, with general sex, with regular sex or general. Yeah, sex so or I think after the oral sex, I I haven't read really any any type of a story from her that stuck. Um, I, I've only read um, about obviously the oral sex and then her uh, passing out and. Um, you know, having an uncontrolled bowel movement. Uh, and, and then I, I thought she left and then it was kind of Deshaun texted her Deshaun texted her, which yeah. this is the other proof that we have right here. Um, you know, where as of now, it looks like, uh, you know, over 20, there's obviously a, there's a one for 22. Yeah. Uh, there is a message from Deshaun back to that girl saying, I'm sorry, uh, if you were uncomfortable, which, Listen, if you have to text that, you know, yeah, to yeah. a masseuse, it, things aren't really looking in your favor. Yeah, and so, well, and with that text, it it shows it, he did something it, wrong. It shows he did know? something wrong, or something was miscommunicated, misunderstood. Which, you know, I, I don't want to say. Unfortunately, you're the man. You, you know, I want to say you're the quote unquote because we weren't we weren't in the room, the aggressor, you know, in the situation, but. Um, yeah, we'll never know. We'll you never know. know. We, right? we, to be a yeah. fly on the wall, you know. So, yeah. Um, but I, it, but I I think the the um, I think the I think the evidence. I, first off, I, I do believe with that apology, with his it what, what it sounds like there. You know, all of this was done on DMs. Uh, you know, we know that uh, from two uh, of the accusers that two of the masseuses were recommended by one the Texans uh, and two quarterback famous quarterbacks coach Quincy Avery who's working with Trey Lance and Justin Fields works mm-hmm. with Deshaun uh, you know they recommended these masseuses so uh, you know we're going to get into this next is, is kind of the uh, you know at this point in time conspiracies yeah. uh, of kind of maybe Tony Busby and Cal McNair getting together uh, you know with all the Deshaun trade talk but I really think those conspiracies have been shut down for the most part I mean Let's go back to Deshaun's statement, his opening statement where he goes, you know, the plan of Florida claims this isn't about money. 
Well, and, you know, Busby stated that that personally he doesn't need it, which, I mean, I, look, I believe Deshaun nor Tony, you know, obviously Deshaun isn't. Tony doesn't need the money. Mm. Um, and and most more importantly, the women don't want, don't want it. You know, almost all of them are seeking minimal compensatory damages uh, this now th- this this Busby statement was after the fact where we found out about one of the masseuses, uh, you know, requesting thirty thousand dollars to not say anything. Um, you know, there is a case to be made that Busby and McNair have some sort of relationship behind the scenes. They are neighbors in River Oaks, um, but uh, I've heard over the last few days that they they might even have some beef. Uh, so, for that and. Going towards that, and not even to feed into these conspiracy theories, but um, because before we got to the, uh, the relationship between or supposed relationship between Tony Busby and Cal McNair, um, there was some. Originally, it looked like when we saw when we heard when we saw reports on like what actually because she went into detail about what he asked her to do and what she did and things like that. It seemed like it was just he paid for a sex worker you know what I mean almost like I guess it kind of it tried to fall under the umbrella of um, I'm Deshaun Watson and you're gonna do what I want you to do yeah yeah uh, that that, and then it turns into like you're not gonna pay for sex we're gonna say you paid for a massage but sex is is, is the plus package you know what I mean so you pay for that you know what I mean but we're not gonna say that because that's illegal you know it I think, and so now that this whole story is kind of coming out and all these um, all these reports, it's almost like both parties know what was going, know what it was, right? But somebody turned turned switched, they flipped, you know. And so now we're gonna, since it's a blurred line, now we're gonna, you know, we're gonna shine a light on that. You know, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, but now. When we get into we're gonna get into it in just a second. And, and, and about those, the re- yeah, the, and those are the things that we'll never know. We'll just you know, never that's, know. That's why it's kind of a gray line. We'll never know in the moment what happened. Um, you know, we we can only judge based off how the women felt after. And I mean, there's 24 of them that, uh, you know, if true, will will make Deshaun out as as an aggressive sexual predator. Yeah. Um, and, and that's. That's no good for his career, his glittering NFL rep. <laughs> or if this is one of the greatest conspiracies, you know, ever yeah. created. No, no, no. The, look, there is a conversation for it. There, yeah. there totally is. With everything going on, I, I don't buy into them simply because it can. O- it, it is only hurting the Texans at this point. We've heard reports that, um, you know, teams are moving on. They can't mm-hmm. have this, you know. when you And this is what it comes back to with, with the – with the Instagram messaging and all the proof that, you know, supposedly is out there. You know, you're talking about a guy who's guaranteed $110 million from an NFL franchise. You are a brand at this point. There are, I mean, look at my wallpaper. My, my wallpaper is Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I mean, I'm a 23-year-old guy. I look, you know, it, it, it's... it's uh, it's really damn disappointing. I mean, this is a guy who I you know I can't even imagine the point of the the background is like I'm a 23 year old guy who who looks at this guy, um, you know, when I see his social media and everything that he portrays to be, you know, he's a, he he looks to be a great businessman. He's obviously a phenomenal athlete. 
um, ha- has done a bit a lot for the community. I just tried Lefties on Kirby, the the his new Philly cheese steak place. It is delicious. Uh, but the 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 point is, you're held to a different standard if you're Deshaun Watson. That's just it. I had a buddy text me today, and he was he was saying, well, if uh, you know if. If uh, you know if hiring sex workers is, is illegal, then you know I bet the whole that uh, then the entire NFL you know needs to be shut down. Facts, facts. Those are facts, and it's true. Uh, but you know, I, I think there was kind of a you know, oh, this happens all the time. You know, part to it. Well, if you're Deshaun Watson, you you can't be in You have number. to mind your p's and q's. You are a hundred and ten million dollar man at least. Um, you know, for the next four years. So, um, you know, the, the thing, the part where I didn't have to read into it anymore to make up my mind about Deshaun was, uh, you know, obviously the D, the apology DM that he sent um, and where these masseuses are coming from. Like I said, I've already, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, brush back over this these were these were masseuses that were recommended by staff by 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 famed quarterback coach Quincy Avery um you know I'm sure if this goes to court they'll be brought into uh and we'll be hearing about what they have to say about this and you know I was uh I heard this from a friend at work um I don't want to say a friend but somebody at work and so they were talking about how you know how these reports can were coming on, and you know we were just receiving information kind of day by day, and so how not just not only how it was so unbelievable, but how tensions were already growing between him and the Texans. And I'm not trying to say this to feed into these rumors or these conspiracy theories at all. Um, I'm just telling you a story from what you know when I was talking to uh, with someone, and so they said there's something kind of interesting, kind of intriguing for a second, but. I think Deshaun Watson a uh, smart guy. I consider him to be a pretty smart guy. He what he didn't he graduate in I think three years. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing, and so as far as business, exactly. and, and all that goes. And so he he seems like he has a great family, and this this is the part I didn't understand is that for tensions to be so high between or high between you and the Texans, you wanting to leave and them I guess kind of just not letting you go as far as we know right now for you to I guess step on eggshells for instance like we like we said with those uh, with those messages those DMs and everything like that we sent the message to her saying you know I apologize things like that um I don't know when all these uh, allegations came forth or what order they came in or anything like that. It, yeah, they range from 20, 20 of them are in 2020. Two of them, as of now, are 2021. Two more on the way. Okay. So. Oh, over, the, over the last year. Over the last year. Okay. So, I guess... It might just be time. Like somebody, it was a tweet that went out and said, "We either going to remember Deshaun Watson as a, a huge sex offender or uh, what predator? Sorry, sex predator, or like I said, this is one of the. Well, he would be a registered sex offender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They win. So if this, uh, if all this, uh, if the allegations came to fruition, 
I'm going to leave it off with this, with Deshaun Watson. Uh, and it kind of does, I do question his smartness. I, I, I agree that he is a smart businessman. Uh, obviously, he, he's a quarterback on one of the worst teams in the NFL and has still been able to win. Um, it sounds like you're thinking with the wrong he, head. That's he, what it sounds like. He has like. a great IQ. But, you know, I'm going to leave it with this. Where Where is Deshaun's team, uh, you know, while he's doing all this? Obviously, they can't find out everything. They should be in control of all his accounts, you know. When you when you get to a stature of that big, you're not the one controlling your Twitter anymore. Um, you know where has Deshaun's team uh, been through all this? We can start with the DMs, um, and, and we can start with reaching out to find masseuses. When you're talking about a a activity where most of the time a female is in in physical contact with a male. You better be asking your agent who who is the best in the city, who is going to get my body right. And because he didn't do that, I, I feel like uh, you know his intentions were were not quite square. Um, you know, th- this is a problem. Listen, in sports, I say this in, when, when I talk about golf all the time. There is there is one thing. There there are very few things you can control in sports. Doing the right thing on a day-to-day basis, including stuff like this, is it controllable? And Deshaun, I know Deshaun knows that. He tra- He wakes up every day, yeah. he trains, he gets ready. Uh, you know, these are controllables that he's been taught to do. I sure hope in the following weeks this isn't something that stems back to to Clemson and maybe even further. Something that was taught to him. Um, you know, we sure hope that doesn't happen. Dabo Sweeney already came out and says, you know, he said no matter what happens, Deshaun's still my son. Uh, you know, all this stuff. Uh, made no comment about uh, the accusers or, or, or reaching out to them. Um, thought it was a bit of a left field statement, but uh, are we time to move on to some text and stuff? Let's go and get to it, man. All right, we'll be right back here in the break room. Stay ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're back in the break room here, episode 11. We just got done with the uh, Deshaun Watson allegation talk. Uh, great segment. Listen in. We're moving on to, uh, you know, the Texans... New GM Nick Casario, uh, pretty much going out and finding a whole new team. What do you think, Charles? Drafting a brand, drafting a brand new Texans, and all I can say about it really is it 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 doesn't excite me. I'm not going to even lie. I mean, like, okay, some of those names excite me. You know, uh, some of you had some big names, yeah, Dante Moncrief and a few others, but as far as the offense goes, it doesn't. It's, it's nothing without Deshaun. It's nothing, and so even they went off and got Tyrod Taylor, which is a which is a cool filler. He's a good backup. He's a good backup guy. He can get you a a few games, um, but well, let me say this: it doesn't excite me, but at least I know. I have a good feeling we'll be better than last year. I think that's all it does for me. I feel like, well, these guys are these are capable guys. You know what I mean? These are not guys that I feel like why are they here? You know, they look like they show up to play. I don't I don't get that feeling at all. Go ahead. So what do, what do you think about the uh, the new the new team, I guess? Yeah, no. Uh 
you know, I, I agree with you. I, I think there is, you know, look, as a as as two Houston natives, there's promise with with some of these accusations. Uh, we've been talking about accusations <laughs> whole first segment. No, uh, with some of these acquisitions, um, some of these free agents, we can start with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know, Casario <laughs> went out and got Taylor at least you know within a week. Uh, before these Deshaun allegations came out, uh, and, and the and obviously the, the high, you know, it feels like you know a year ago, but to talk literally two weeks ago was who's going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor, I thought I thought was a good acquisition to have under center. Um, you know, I think we can safely say Deshaun will not be under center week one. Uh, but let's say, you know, these allegations, the Watson allegations are all, uh, you know, fake, um, and, and Deshaun still hold, holds out. It gives the team a veteran quarterback uh, who has been in this situation before with the Chargers, with the Browns. Um, and it, can, it can give you something. can give you something, and, and there's still obviously a lot to be played out with Watson's deal and, and feature with the team, but... Uh, you know, a one-year deal for Tyrod Taylor is great insurance policy for the Texans. Yeah, and also to uh, speak on Tyrod, I mean, he's probably going to play. I don't know what Roger Goodell is going to do with Deshaun because he's going to get suspended a few games. Like, uh, who knows if it be a couple, four, six, who knows. But he, he's definitely going to miss a few games. So we will see Tyrod, I definitely feel like, early on in the season. And so, and there's no risk with Tyrod. There's no, there's risk. no, there's no risk. risk. One-year deal. In and out, um, you know. If it goes well, it goes well. There's no risk. And so you, you can't be, you can't be. There's nothing you can say that you can't be unhappy with that. That's a health. That's a good, healthy pickup. So I have nothing bad to say about uh, Tyrod Taylor coming in and definitely probably going to be starting uh, the first week of the game, first week of the season. And moving on, uh, a new running back. Uh, we have Mark Ingram coming to town. Uh, he agreed to a one-year contract that was that is worth up to three mil. Um, once again, listen, I don't love paying running. I've said this over and over. I don't. I don't love paying running backs anything past a rookie deal. Uh, but from what we saw last year between David Johnson, who only rushed, didn't even get to a thousand yards, six hundred ninety-one yards, six touchdowns on one hundred forty-seven carries. <laughs> In 12 games, exactly. And Duke Johnson, who I, he's gone, didn't pan out. Uh, but I think this was a – this look, this is a good running back to bring in. Uh, probably past his prime, but the Texans could add a pass catching uh, back to go along with David Johnson after we released uh, Duke uh, in February. What I need from the Texans – and Mark Ingram is a, is a cool pickup. Uh, for a one-year deal, that's fine. He still has something in the tank, I feel like. he can definitely Only three mil. Yeah, only three mil. Can't really hurt you. Um, he can definitely compliment David Johnson. But for the future, if because they're probably going to get another running back sometime in the future because that's what the Texans always do. We have another one we're going to talk about after this. Right. Okay. So when they get in, I need them to get a consistent running back, not swapping faces so consistently. If you plan on having Deshaun as your franchise quarterback, if you plan on that, if you plan on having one quarterback, you need to plan on having a primary running back, not so many interchangeable faces because that misses up backfield chemistry but so yeah uh and and your question is answered but the 
idiocracy of the Texans front office kind of plays in here. Uh, we signed Philip Lindsay. Uh, he agreed to a one-year, $3.25 million deal, um, which includes 500K in incentives. Uh, and, and this is a running back who has rushed for more than a thousand yards over the last two three seasons. Um, obviously, more than David Johnson um, had a tough time when it came to sharing the ball with Melvin Gordon. But if healthy, uh, you know, Lindsey should be another upgrade from David Johnson um, if he doesn't have to split the carries in Denver. And this raises the question about why they would restructure David Johnson's contract instead of just cutting him. Um, I, I don't understand. It's going to be a really crowded backfield with Lindsey, Ingram, and Johnson. It makes no sense. Um, like I say, I guess they want to give David Johnson one more try because he was bouncing back from injury towards the end of the season. And when, I mean, I'll give credit to what it's due. And towards the end, he looked better. He looked like what we were looking for. But at the same time, what is a few games going to get you in an entire season? Yeah. It, so uh, it's another low risk pickup. But listen, we're going to go through a list of low risk pickups. Uh, hopefully, so they're spending between these two, the, the, these two running backs they just picked up, that's six mil. Um, I'm a firm believer that you can go find running backs late in drafts, and if you build your O-line, uh, things will work out in, in the back's favor. Um, it's going to be a crowded backfield. You know, you and me both, no understanding of why you restructure David Johnson's contract instead of cutting him, cutting him but that is classic Texans for you. Moving on to wide receiver, uh, we picked up Dante Moncrief, um, who we, we needed another wide receiver. We did. Uh, we cut Kenny yeah, Stills we last did. season. We lost Will Fuller to the, to the Dolphins. Um Moncrief will join Braden Cooks, Isaiah Coulter, Chad Hansen's gone. We cut him yesterday. He will join uh, Randall Cobb and Kiki Kuti um, and will likely start as a number two receiver. Um, you know, Moncrief has only had five cash since 2018. We'll see what happens. Not a fan of the injury plagued acquisition ac- acquisitions, but it's a low risk, uh, low risk uh, veteran receiver that that's now on the depth chart. You know what this feels like? It feels like um, Nick Casario is taking a page out of Jim uh, for the Belichick Rockets. Oh, uh, Raphael Stone. Raphael Stone. Um, good pickups, solid players. Brittle, but brittle players. And yeah, yeah, no, no, you're you're spot on, Wall Depot. Exactly, and so it's if they're on, they're on. But if they're not, you you're gonna look like a fool. And so I just hope, you know, for the drought that Houston's been in for uh, and the disaster and catastrophic imploding of a season that this past season was for uh, for the city uh, that these picks turn out because. You don't want to make all these moves just for them to pan out to be nothing, right? Right. So, and it uh, could be tank season. It it could be, and you know, but this is what because, like I said, with the Rockets, I thought that Rafael Stone picked up all those guys to make it almost like a trial era 
so we can move them for bigger pieces. Yeah, you and me right. both. I, I, I thought now if Christian would had you know stayed healthy, we're contending. But right. we'll move on to Rockets yeah. here in a little bit. But same thing with the, with this uh, with the team now. These are a lot of one year deals. Who if they perform, you could maybe move them for other for other bigger things, less, but uh, impactful pieces, right? So. If they turn out, and I think Dante Moncrief is he's a solid pickup, right? But like I said, we'll just have to see. You just mentioned the stat of how many catches he had in twenty eighteen. Five catches it, since twenty eighteen. It is twenty twenty one. Yeah. So three years uh, later. Great ability. Low numbers. Moving on to a new center. Uh Justin Britt. We signed from uh, from the Seahawks a one year deal uh, worth up to five million. Uh, Houston was the Texans were looking for a cheaper uh, option at center. We once again went out and got uh, someone who was injury played in 2019. Uh, Justin Britt suffered a torn ACL, uh, but we had to release Nick Martin, um, especially after some of the lapses at the end of last season. Um, you know that was a perfect opportunity for the Texans. To to save a bunch of money and $6 million that we owed uh, Nick Martin. Uh, with the Justin Britt signing, you know, we had a we had a good veteran. Charles, I know you could add some insight on how important the center position is. Um, you know, what does it mean to add a veteran center that's a bit unreliable as far as keeping the body healthy? Your center, many times, uh, many times, like, playing – uh, o line and D line myself. Interesting fact: center was the very first offensive position I've ever played <laughs> back in that was well, years ago, back in Little League. But anyway, anybody who knows football, your center is usually probably needs to be your smartest person on the offensive line. They need to be able to call out defenses, call out uh, different protecting schemes, or however it's going to go. Your center can make everybody else on the line better, right? They don't even have to be your most physically imposing. They don't even have to be the strongest or the quickest or anything like that. But their mind has to be there. They have to be aware at all times. Be looking at linebackers, blitzing safeties, et cetera, et cetera, right? So with this veteran pickup, it shows it shows me that, well, one, he has um, – people are saying good things about him. You don't ever want a dumb center. Um, also, he's a young guy. Well, eh, eh, he's twenty nine, so um, he, you see, you can still have him for some time. So he can still learn and grow with the team and grow your offensive line, which the Texans need help with. So it's a good pickup. Like I say, I don't know him personally. Um, I didn't watch too much of him. I can be honest about that. But I'll hey, if you're Russell Wilson Center, you know. <laughs> We'll try it out. <laughs> but hey, the, te- the Texans will welcome you in. The Texans will welcome you in. Yeah, I mean, Russell's always been running for his life, but he's been, uh, but uh, Britt has been injured for the, uh, what, the last season. last season. Yeah. And so who knows if he could have saved Russell a few sacks or a few knockdowns or whatever, but. If they're picking him up, they must think he's capable of something, or or he can th- he has a good mind at least. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, the the almost the bigger question for the Houston Texans. Uh, we're going to get into this and then move on to some NBA. Uh, but 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 starting here, Texans defense. The first one that stood out to me, uh, not a a favorite comeback of mine. Vernon Hargraves um, is going to be back with the Texans. Uh, yeah. yeah, next season. Um, yeah. You know, 
started every game last season, got burned every game, along with the rest of the Texans secondary, finished with 72 tackles, and had one of the Texans, one of three Texans interceptions last year. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how if you're Nick Casario, you don't just blow up this entire secondary, start all over in the draft, get rid of everyone. Um, I, I see. Uh, I, I saw no reason to to, to bring back Hargraves. Um, they got rid of Roby, uh, Garyon Conley. I think Garyon Conley's coming back for one more year. Um, you know, I, I guess it gives the Texans more depth. Depth. You know, with minimal risk, but you know we've been talking about minimal risks all um, all evening. You know, when is some talent going to be brought in on the defense side of the ball? Like I said, I think this coming season, they're not. I don't think they're expecting to do too much. I think this is trial season for the guys who barely made the cut this time. You're still on the edge. Don't get it twisted. You know, you still you're still right there on the line, and so if you don't perform you're probably out of here. You know what I mean? So, with these new guys coming in, they're here to give you something. Uh, but like I said, I think it's it's a trial season. They're meant to maybe do what they can. If they do well, maybe move for something else. More, t- uh, more talent, but... <laughs> More impactful players, but less of. But you just have fewer of them. But you probably have them in key spots that you need them in. Like you know, of course you need them in the secondary. Um, of course you need them in uh, on the defense. Uh, so, and let's get into let's get into a couple linebackers before we move on, uh, because obviously another huge you know moving on from. Uh, uh, from McKinney, um, we'll see about Merciless the way they restructure his contract. But the, uh, a couple linebackers we picked up: Christian Kirksey and Joe Thomas. Let's start with Christian Kirksey. Uh, we agreed on a one-year, uh, four-point-five million-dollar deal with him. Uh, th- this gives the Texans a, a veteran option um, inside. Um, you know, storming the middle, something we did so weakly last year. Um, you know, played a played a fair amount of games last year. Uh, Seventy eight tackles, two interceptions, two sacks. Kind of move all over the field, um, and he will take the spot of Bernardrick McKinney. The risk with Kirksey is once again uh, the injuries coming off a. Uh, um, uh, a, a season and injury, season-ending injury. Missed the last five games, 2020. Um, once again, low risk. Um, not sure what the reward's going to be. I actually really like this pickup. Christian Kirksey isn't a everything you want a linebacker as far as like being up the middle, aggressive, super aggressive. The only thing is, it's what everybody knows: injury. You know, you don't get healthier as you get older. Also. Injury kind of it can kill some aggressiveness that you might bring to the table. You know what I mean. So if you're hurting in the, um, I forgot where was his injury at. His he had an injury um, pectoral pectoral injury. <laughs> like you're not going to use your chest at linebacker. So uh, <laughs> what are these guys thinking? <laughs> but um, no, but he, he's a he is a talented linebacker. Um, definitely re- replacing who he replaced. I mean, you can't get any worse than. Um, McKinney. McKinney. Yeah. And so, as far as needing aggression, yeah, he'll so, be good. He'll be good with Cunningham. Exactly. So, hopefully, stay, stay healthy. Stay healthy. The, hopefully. The last one I want to get to is Joe Thomas. Um, uh, another vet was with the Cowboys for a number of years. 
one year, two million, uh, low risk, and didn't record a, a sack last year. Uh, only played thirty seven percent of the snaps on the special teams. I don't make much of this uh, signing. What do you think? Just just another veteran? It was a waste of money. That's what I think. It was a waste of time, effort, and money, and waste of a meeting time. You could have got some coffee. It was a waste. So, um, I don't know Joe Thomas personally. Uh, do I think Nick Casario did a great job? No, I think he did a horrible job with this pick. Um, I think this was uh, fruitless. I think it would amount to nothing. Uh, I don't know what else to add to that. I, I, don't, I don't like it at all. And that's about how I feel about Joe Thomas being picked up. Away from the Texans, moving on to NBA. This is the break room. We'll be right back. And we are back at the break room podcast. Back to episode 11. We just got done finished talking about uh, all the pickups Nick Casario made with the Texans and if they are good or positive or waste or whatever, go check <laughs> Go listen to the last segment, man, and hear what we got to say about it. But anyway, so moving forward on to some NBA and all these injuries with uh, what LaMelo and LeBron and talk to me, Will. AD, KD. All of it. All the best guys and the LeBron guys who make and the exciting. Yeah, LeBron and LaMelo, a little more recent, AD and KD kind of lingering. So, okay. With AD and KD being out for so long, what do we... Do you think it's something just kind of being covered up a little bit? Because I swear... Okay, I'll tell you what I think. And you want me to tell you what I think first? Go for it. Okay, so... With KD, his was a... If I remember correctly... uh, What was it? Hamstring. Hamstring. KD has been out for... Since six, about six, uh, yeah, it's uh, th- about three weeks before the All Star break, he, okay. he went out, and, and and originally it was just kind of one of those things that we'll sit out until the All Star break, come back strong for the mm. second half. That has been the case, Charles. So it's been around like what five weeks now, going five to eight, five to eight is we're coming up on. Okay, so because like he's flat out out of MVP, like was never really in MVP with like Harden and those guys. Uh, it's been a minute now. Yeah. With a hamstring injury, so I, hamstring injuries are usually in, uh, or they usually last around what uh, three weeks with rehab and everything like that. Uh, depending on the severity of them, um, they can range from uh, three to maybe like seven weeks, if I if I remember correctly, reading that. So, but there has been no sign of KD returning at all. Um, you don't really see him even warming up. You don't really hear any reports about him um, so much practicing at all. You don't hear anything. And so what does that mean for the Brooklyn Nets? Well, I think, I think you're spot on. I think there's been numerous reports where it's like, oh, he, he's, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, last week coming out of the All-Star break, he was supposed to, he was geared up to play uh, the second game back. I think they've been obviously extra cautious with this with this hamstring injury. I think it's been a lingering one. Um, but Steve Nash, you know, he he said basically Katie's been questionable all these games. And I, I mean, for some of my buddies who gamble, it, it kind of it's been one of those things where it's like every day it's like oh he's going he's going he's going oh let's let's take him out. Um, you know, 
Malika Andrew, Malika Andrews wrote a good piece today, just kind of updating us. Um, you know, Steve Nash says that right now Durant's at his most critical part of his rehab, um, and, and he 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 has been traveling. And and Steve said that it's critical that he doesn't, so he can get his rehab done. Uh, doesn't want him making that six-hour flight across to 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 Utah and Detroit. Um, you know, there's two months left in the regular season, um, and let's be honest, the Nets are in no rush to get Durant back. I mean, James Harden's having an MVP caliber season. Um, you know, we miss him dearly here in Houston, uh, and to go along with Kyrie and the rest of, of that squad, they can carry that team out to the playoffs and, and let Durant rest. I mean, let Durant rest. The only uh, you know thing that you have to worry about, Charles, is like Durant didn't play last year. He's got to get his reps in before the playoffs. This is why I don't really like the whole uh, kind of holding out until the playoffs, similar mm-hmm. to what the Clippers did last year. Uh, you tend to have uh, you. you Miscommunication seems to arise a little bit more in the playoffs when you when you ha- when you do not go in with a groove. Okay, and I'm glad you said that about uh, with KD and um, he didn't play last year. He needs game reps. He needs to get back into game speed. That's one thing I think um, a lot of people talk about, but I don't think I want to say they don't understand because people usually tend to progress in the middle of a season. If you're in the rut, you usually get better towards the end because you can always, you get into a rhythm, uh, you find your moves, you find whatever's working for you, and you progress. You just naturally progress, right, with time. And so with KD being one of the top two players in the NBA, debatable, ask whoever you want to, um, not playing, it's incredible. Well, me as an NBA fan, it, it kills everything because now you're missing so many of the greats and you already had one the past season without them. Now you're going to have basically uh, what? Yeah, you already have half the regular season without them already and you might end up having the second half depending on what they do with him because Steven Nash, like you said, he just said he's at the most critical part of his uh, rehab. And so what the main thing I'm trying to get to is what kind of KD will you have come playoff time? That's the real question because KD can ball. Nobody will question that. But at the same time, there are other ballers. There used to, even though you're in the East, there are still people, well capable teams who can take you down. Um, do we? We don't give them a high chance if you had KD, but you don't. And so you don't know what kind of KD you're gonna bring. You're gonna bring to the court at the end of the game. You don't know how he's gonna. I don't want to say disrupt your flow because you have to integrate them into your offense and defense. And so you don't know what you're getting, right? Yeah, one thing I don't I don't love about this this Katie situation is that it is his lower body, which has been kind of beaten up over the years. Uh, but no, you're exactly right. What Katie are we gonna get in the playoffs? They need him in the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously Harden is is uh, in my opinion a top three regular season player of all time. Come crunch time in the playoffs. That ball needs to be in Katie's hands uh, t- to finish games. Let's move on to some other NBA injuries. Um, you know, AD's been out for some time. I know Stephen A. kind of raised some questions about that this morning, uh, kind of questioning uh, his, you know, similar to Katie, it's a lower body, uh, you know, nagging uh, injury. Um, and to go along with that, well, 
I think it's even scarier than Katie's injury. The, you know, it, it, it's a lagging Achilles tendonitis, um, which I would love to get someone in here to kind of better explain what that is. I've been curious about it for, you know, weeks now because it's that's how long it's been. But, uh, you know, how close to that is can there be further injury? Uh, because any further injury to an Achilles, you know, after tendonitis seems to be like a torn Achilles, which would, you know, put KD out for the better part of a year and a half. Uh, Anthony Davis out for the better part of a year and a half. Um, and, and what was the LeBron injury last night? Was it, it was high it, ankle sprain? It was high ankle sprain. We see football players deal with this all the time. Uh, McCaffrey was out for a while last year with Saquon out for a while last year. This is this can be a long injury. Um, you know, obviously LeBron takes uber good care of his body. I expect him to be on the floor yeah. shortly. I don't worry about LeBron. Guys like guys like LeBron and Harden. You know why I love these guys? They're both just Mister Reliables out there yeah. playing every game. Um, you know, both doing a great job this year. I think I think Harden. Uh, you know, LeBron goes out for for five weeks. You know, Harden's going to have some real MVP chatter. I don't want to hear any narrative about how um, you know he can't win another one. Uh, you know, he he has the numbers for it this year. Yeah, and uh, even going back on with K- uh, with I say KD Anthony Davis. So, you say it's like uh, Achilles tendonitis. Achilles tendonitis. Okay, so, well, have you had have have you ever had any kind of tendonitis before? No, no, no. I, and I was going to ask you that since you played a contact sport. I, yeah. I really haven't I haven't dealt with much injuries. Okay, I had uh, patella tendonitis one time, and I think it was in my left knee. Um, and uh, for those who don't know what tendonitis is, patella tendonitis is like a jumper's injury, right? And so uh, I think I got it doing like some box jumps or something like that, right? So I it felt like I thought it was an ACL thing. Like I thought it was an ACL or MCL or something like that. I, almost, I felt like I couldn't walk up any kind of stairs. It was uh, hard walking up hills. It was it was hard to do anything. I couldn't really put any real pressure. I couldn't really get too much of a jog going. It was just a lot of pain all in one central area. And so um, I'm going to have to rehab that. And I was out for like... Hmm, if I remember right, I think it was this was an off this was an off, off season, so it was like seven something like seven weeks. So what what does tendonitis feel like? Is is it just an insane amount of soreness? It feels like a pulling, like at least it was for me. That's it was like somebody trying to pull your knee apart. So um, I don't have anything right next to me that I could show you, but like. Well, let me ask you this. Have you had the next step of a worse injury to that? Like what? So like, how do you know? How do you know that there's not something seriously wrong? Because tendonitis can't really get worse, right? No, I don't think it really necessarily can get worse. I think the next, if you have anything, I guess a level above tendonitis, and I, like I said, I'm, we're, I'm not a doctor. Neither one of us are doctors. Um, but from what of my experience, I think the next level from patella tendonitis is just an ACL tear or MCL tear or something like that so um, if you go any step beyond that I think it's exactly what you said from Achilles tonight it's just a, it's just a Achilles tear you know what I mean it's just something completely different but it's, it's the worst possible thing you could have for that area you know so um, that's what I think it is for Anthony Davis I don't think I think the Lakers are being very quiet about it um, and also what they're not I want to say what a lot of people aren't speaking of 
Anthony Davis' injury, of course, it's hurting the Lakers, but I think it's more so it's really, really hurting LeBron, right? And we just saw with his injury, um, not saying that not saying that they completely correlate, but what I'm saying is this. Before AD's injury, LeBron was averaging more minutes than he was, and AD is 28 years old. LeBron is 36. There is no reason for that, right? It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. LeBron has been has been in the league. This is year 18, and has been averaging among the top minutes in the NBA since his since him coming into the league, since his sophomore year into the league. And so, with that, it's just been too much. It's it's been too much on him. It's been too much on his body. And like I said, you don't get healthier as you get older. And so with Anthony Davis being out for so long, it's been forcing, even though they've been trying to acquire pieces to take the load off LeBron, there's no real replacement for LeBron. You know, for somebody who's been carrying this team for, well, how long has it been with Blake? It's like three, this is third season? Well, this is Third season, and then you have to think before that, yeah. besides with the Heat, you know, has had the majority of the workload. Exactly. So um, he is your greatest asset, but at the same time, he is your aging asset, and you need to protect that. And I, I think to sum this up, you brought this up, but but uh, you know, protecting LeBron team, I think teams are playing it safe at this point in the season, especially teams like the Lakers and the Nets. We're seeing similar responses out of Frank Vogel and and, and Steve Nash with uh, AD and KD respectively. Um, you know, Vogel doesn't want to say much. He says AD is going through his daily routine, staying ready. Why can't you get on the court? But, you know, Achilles, you know, anything Achilles probably makes a coach cringe. Um, you know, uh, last bit of NBA news, LaMelo Ball um, is out for the season with wrist surgery. We've talked a lot about Rookie of the Year. Uh, my pick at the beginning, earlier in the early episodes of this podcast, was Cole Anthony. Uh, he's dealing with injuries, too. Only played 20 games. Um, I think he really could have gotten rhythm and made a charge. Um, you know, I think the, the Rookie of the Year is kind of up for grabs between Anthony Edwards and, and Tyrese Halliburton, but uh, LaMelo Ball... Uh, that that'll be the end of his rookie campaign uh, with season-ending wrist surgery. Yeah, it's tragic to see, man, because Lamella Ball was on a tear throughout the season. Balling, balling, like and we couldn't. It was over. It was over. Rookie of the year it was, was over. Was we couldn't really even done. talk about it anymore. It was really done, and so you hate to see it for him, for a young star who was really just and let you find a watch. You know, it, more than just the greats that we always see in the NBA that that always excite us as fans are the young stars who, who excite us as fans. You know, like, um, people couldn't get enough when Jason Tatum first entered the league and um, or other players like, um, well, before we found out he could, he didn't have a jumper, Ben Simmons and, <laughs> and other players like that. So um, it's just tragic to see because you saw his game steadily improving. He was averaging more points, more assists. I mean, also, I mean, that changed when he uh, became a starter. He got more minutes, but you could see what he could really do with the team. And so, and I mean, I remember Draymond Green said in the interview about uh, LaMelo Ball that he's still a rookie. He's playing the game as a rookie. He's not even playing as a vet yet, you know? So uh, he's still just having classic new to the league fun in the game not necessarily playing a structured game just yet and he can really flourish in that so um it's tragic to see uh the game will definitely miss him for this season but hopefully you know he'll be back for next season we can see how he's evolved into a sophomore season 
moving on down to uh, to who's hot and who's not on the Break Room podcast. You me get a start started. Go and give it to us, man. Okay, so my who's hot, and, and this is a potential who's hot. I, the if the Patriots draft, uh, well, first off. My who's hot is Mac Jones. Okay. Uh, fantastic okay. pro day today. Um, you know, don't look much into pro days. I look at tape. I love all the tape of Mac Jones. Um, a lot of haters uh, saying, you know, judging his mobility, I think he dances around the pocket just fine. Unbelievable, unbelievably snappy arms. Mac Jones, great pro day. I'm looking for Bill Belichick to draft him. Uh, and my second one's Will Fuller, who uh, who signed a deal uh, with the Dolphins, moving on to a better organization. Good for Will Fuller. Uh, we'll be re- rooting for you here from Houston. Yeah. Okay. For my uh, for my who's I actually got to agree with you on Will Fuller. Um, for what that what was it? Uh, was it P? Was a PED um, type deal? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think six game PEDs, and one of those will be will. will uh, It'll it'll game one will be the last game of that suspension. Yeah, Will Fuller got off the ship right before it burned, and it was perfect timing, man. There was no smarter move in the NFL than that play right there. So, shout out Will Fuller for that and going signing with the Dolphins to a better, like you said, a better organization, a better situation. Um, and he's betting on himself, one year deal to try to get a, to try oh, to wow. get a, yeah, to try to get a max contract. And he'll definitely probably be the number one receiver also. So. We'll see if he can do it, man. We'll see if he can do it. On my who's not. Um, it, it might shock a few people, right? So, for my who's not. With this, um, what, with the Deshaun Watson situation, right? We had, um, there was the, I could, we didn't we didn't see her name in the reports. Um, Jane Doe. Uh, Jane, yeah, she was a Jane Doe. So, um, said that she had they had her and her um, business associate or the man who runs her business or et cetera whatever that whatever that even means I don't yeah. I don't I don't is that a pimp is yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not going to say that That's, I mean I think it is yeah listen if there's an exchange if there is a monetary exchange for money for sex um. I think it's safe to say the boss is a pimp. Okay, okay. I mean, it, that's hey, what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like to me. We I just stayed facts here in the break room. Hey, right. hey, it's the break room, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come get your coffee, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it sounds like a pimp. So uh, they tried to, it said, extort <laughs> extort Deshaun for $30,000. He said, I think Deshaun's uh, lawyer said, is this extortion? And they said, no, it's blackmail. <laughs> you know, yeah, so straight up, and so uh, that's the that's the knot. I, I don't, I don't. If I if I were going to give exchange of sex for money, you know, I don't think I would come forth. I think I would. I don't know. I think I would just include that in in my entry fee, you know, or something like that. I would kind of get that up front, or not do the act and then ask for it later. I feel like you're playing yourself. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's why you're on the not list this time, Jane Doe. You, you sh- I think you should have played your cards a little bit smarter. Or your, or your pimp should have played them a little bit smarter for you. Uh, something that that was that was that that would seem like no way you could have won in that one. Lose, lose <laughs> in the Deshaun situation. 
Moving on, my who's not. Uh, this is a bit overdue. Pretty much all of University of Texas sports. Absolutely. Um, Great know, pick. Yeah, most recently, men's basketball losing to Abilene Christian 53-52 um, in the first round of the NCAA ABC. tournament. ABC. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into depth here just a little bit uh, with Texas recruiting process. And it, it starts with football. And... You cannot expect because and the reason I'm 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 moving to football from basketball is because all you know every UT fan on Twitter is going oh you know Coach Sarkeesian be our savior uh, all this well new coach Steve Sarkeesian is being put in a losing situation um, uh, at the University of Texas simply because other boosters have lost sight. Uh, and the fact of what gets the job done. Nick Saban in Alabama's second string is just is filled with more four and five stars. And you can't tell me that the state school in one of the biggest states in the country can't go get four and five star five star recruits to back up. Instead, it's a bunch of favors being given out uh, to 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 run. Um, you know, t- to be that second string, the most to, lucrative to football fill, program in the country. Yeah, to fill up their special teams, and it's a disaster. That's that is the only way that you go from oh, we think we're going to be the best defensive back unit in the country to absolute shambles. Your you you know your front lines get hurt, and then you're bringing in a bunch of uh, a bunch of favor uh, recruits. Um, listen. Different situation in basketball, but that that marks, uh, you know, six years the Longhorns haven't been able to get out of the first round. Either didn't make the tournament or didn't get out of the first round. Uh, listen, it's embarrassing to the state of Texas. Uh, I'm not a Longhorn, but, uh, you know, who's hot? Entire University of Texas, get them out of here. UT. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, that's all I have for my who's not, man. That's all we Gotta got. Play the cards better. That's all we got for you tonight. Hey, thanks for joining us here in the break room. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at the Break Room H O U and on Instagram at the Break Room Podcast. Man, check us out. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with episode twelve. We thank you so much for joining us here in the break room. Have a great night. Catch you later, man. Catch away, bonus.